you know, do your workout in open water and really get used to it and get comfortable with it, make it feel as comfortable as the pool and, and test yourself in all the conditions because you never know what race day brings. Um, uh, so for sure, that's, that's lesson number one. Um, and Welcome to the Effortless Swimming Podcast, the show that helps swimmers and triathletes love the water, become a better swimmer, and live a better life. Here's your host, Brenton Ford. Welcome to episode 201 of the Effortless Swimming Podcast. My guest today is Prescott Bolch, and uh, Prescott was recently featured on uh, one of our YouTube videos where we're looking at how someone can go from a two minutes 10 per hundred down to 130s. And over the course of three years, that's what you did and uh, and have really made some huge improvements. So uh, I wanted to have you on the podcast to, to talk about that, but also talk about what's happening recently about um, getting a little bit frustrated at the start of the season, not having some, having some sort of races that weren't as quick as you wanted. And then you're able to overcome that and uh, and get the times back down because I think a lot of people tend to go through that. So uh, first of all, welcome to the, the podcast, Prescott. Thank you. Glad to be here. And uh, you you came to uh, uh, our first Noosa camp, actually, which was at the start of 2020, about a week before the world shut down. You traveled <laughs> over from the, from the States. Yep. And turned it out very well. It did. Yes, it was great. A lot of fun. I'd do it again. Uh, soon as soon as your country opens back up, maybe we can do it again. <laughs> yeah, oh, man, I'm hoping so. I'm really hoping next year we can get something going because I certainly miss coaching face-to-face. Um, there's only so much online I think I can, can do without actually seeing people. Yeah, well, I have a good story to tell about how, how good you are at, uh, at coaching over the internet. So <laughs> maybe, let's, maybe let's dive in and uh, we'll toot your horn. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. So uh, yeah, would you like to tell people about your your background with swimming, how you got sure. started in, and all of that? Well, I I took up triathlon three years ago, and it uh, swimming was like like with many people, it was the thing you had to add to get to triathlon. Um, I rode my bike a lot, I ran a lot, and I decided, heck, I'll I'll add swimming and and start doing this triathlon thing and have have some fun. It was really apparent really quickly. Uh, especially after the first race, that it wasn't something I could just do a lot of and get better at myself. Um, and so I, I uh, consulted the internet to go look, go, go look for some help. And I don't know how I bumped into you, but I did. And uh, we connected and I've been using your coaching services for those three years. I had had one race under my belt before I got started with you. My pool times were whether I was going all out or going as slow as I could, there were about 210, 213 per hundred meters. And my, my uh, uh, pace in the open water was about the same. And uh, with first race after that, and, you know, after maybe uh, four to six weeks of coaching, I took a good deal of time off that. I think I came out of the water in an Olympic distance, 1500 meters uh, under 30 minutes. So right around two minutes per hundred. Um, so really quick uh, improvement at, at the start of that three-year uh, time period. You know, big gains at the beginning, and then they sort of taper off, and they get smaller and smaller. But I've had um, subsequent to a couple of races in that season, and and then into 2019 with the Noosa camp, I was making really steady progress. Uh, I think I'd taken that that single pace of 210, 213. And I had 
taken it down into the probably the upper 130s by the time I got to Noosa. That's an all out uh, 100 meter pace. Um, and, you know, all of a sudden I discover I have multiple paces. I can go really hard. I can go easy. I can <laughs> find some tempo pace in between. And you start to feel like you're more of a real swimmer. Um, I think the the beauty of the approach that you took during that time period was don't try to work on too much. Work on a couple things, take take those couple things, uh, focus exclusively on them and ultimately for the purpose of getting them into subconscious muscle memory rather than conscious focus. Once they're embedded in conscious or subconscious uh, uh, muscle memory, then you know you go to the next things that you need to work on. And fortunately or unfortunately in swimming, there's a never ending list of things to work on. <laughs> uh, but here I am, I, I go to the Noosa camp, spend a week there, get a lot of really solid feedback. Uh, ended up having, you had a race. Uh, we had us all participating in a race on the last day there. I had a pretty decent race was really happy with the result. I came home and uh, just as the world was deciding to shut down, I was really disappointed because I was only a couple months away from our, uh, from our summer triathlon season. So I had races lined up. I, I was uh, all ready to go. I had a couple more months under my belt of training in the pool and I'd get to open water and I'd, I'd show up in June, July, August for our race season. And I was hoping to do really well. And of course, you know, you know what happened. Uh, there weren't a whole lot of races in, in 2020 uh, after, after that Noosa camp. I kept swimming. I uh, fortunately had a, a gym that stayed largely open during, during the shutdown. So I got a lot of time in the pool. I got a lot of, of yards under my belt and I kept uh, shooting you videos every, every once in a while and getting your feedback and paces were coming down steadily. Uh, you know, a few seconds off hundred pace every so often periodically there'd be a decent sized breakthrough. Sometimes it'd be a frustrating couple of months with, with no real progress. Um, but if I graph it and look backwards, uh, I, I, the frustration, uh, melts away because you can see a steady progress from that 215 to 13 days back at the beginning to even being able to get under 130 and hundred meters and in, in all out. And, um, you know, not, not too shabby. Uh, but the story after, after uh, a barren 2020 uh, racing season, um, the story takes sort of a little interesting twist. Uh, I had now been training like nonstop training block for uh, 18 months, I guess, and was heading into the 2021 season and, and hoping that that races would actually happen. And, and they seemed like they would. And lo and behold, we get to June. And uh, of course I'm in the upper Midwest. So training outdoors here is uh, a very limited time period during the year. I'm, I'm not super hardy in cold water, even with a wetsuit on. <laughs> so you kind of get July, August, early September as, as reasonable swimming temperatures outdoors. So by the time the first race came up in June, I had had precious little time outdoors. The, the prior season, because everything was canceled, I just never really went out of my way to swim outdoors. So probably had a couple of swims in open water in 2020, but in, in almost none, to be honest. And so very little practice for almost a year and a half. 
June, I do the obligatory couple of swims in open water and my pool times are fantastic. I'm, I'm nailing really good 100 repeats, 200 repeats, 400 repeats, all at really healthy paces, uh, low 140s, even upper 130s for the full um, like two, 3K swim in the pool. And I go to my first race after probably one or two open water swims. And I, I wasn't super impressed with the times in open water, um, but I just sort of wrote it off as, well, I'm just taking it easy. I'm just sort of getting used to the, to the open water. Then I get to the race and I have just a terrible race. Um, I'm expecting probably 28, 27 at worst. And I come out of the water barely better than 30 minutes, which puts me back to where I was back in 2019, <laughs> even 2018. I had, I had a, uh, like just under 30 minute pace. And so here I'm thinking like all this work with, with uh, effortless swimming, I'm doing super well in the pool. And I show up at a, a race uh, in early June in 2021, and I uh, have a horrible, horrible race, horrible time. And of course, it's uh, compounded by, uh, I, it was the, our state championship. It's like, I wanted to be a big fish in a small pond. Uh, and I, I finished in second place in my age group by 25 seconds or so. So huh. if, you know, if I, it, with all, um, with all reason, I could have easily taken a few minutes off of my swim, which would easily have vaulted me into first place in age group. It would have been nice. So that was the beginning of the frustration. And I, I had a few weeks between that race and the very next race. And I decided, well, I, I need to get more open water practice. Some that's just haven't, I haven't done it in a couple of years and or a couple of seasons and it, I just need to get out there. So I have a, few more sessions in open water. There's not structured at all there. I'm just going out there to go out there and I'm swimming back and forth from one, one place to another, nothing, you know, nothing fancy, nothing, nothing structured at all. And, um, I show up for the next race, sort of writing off the first one as a bit of an anomaly. Maybe I didn't go hard enough. I was taking it too easy. I was trying not to get gassed at this in the swim leg so that I had a good bike and run. And the second race was even worse than the first one and, and not by a small margin. <laughs> I, I got out of the water in the second race in a 34, which, and I, I immediately reached out to you afterwards. And I said, I don't, I don't think I can swim that slow in the pool. If I try, like <laughs> my legs would sink. <laughs> I, I, it, it would be, I'd be looking like a, 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 you know, a beginner swimmer. If I, if I tried to go that slow in the pool. And so I was, I was super frustrated. I didn't know what it was. I, I, I'm, uh, I guess analytically inclined as a, as a genetic makeup. So I said, I'm just going to isolate single variables. I'm going to figure out what, what it is. If, if swimming is all about stroke rate and stroke and, and distance per stroke, it's gotta be one of those two. Now there are lots of variables that go into each one. So start to pick apart things that could be impacting one or the other. So I tried all the natural things. I tried, um, does, is the, does the wetsuit matter? So wetsuit, no wetsuit, no difference. I came out with terrible times either way. I went to the pool and I tried sighting in the pool thinking, well, it's the sighting that's slowing me down, lifting my head up every once in a while. I would sight once or twice per length in the pool. Absolutely no difference in the pace between those lengths and the ones where I didn't sight. Um, 
choppy water, smooth water didn't make a lick of difference. <laughs> uh, I, I, I tried ev literally everything. Um, and I was, I was one step away from actually no, no lie measuring my pool to, to, <laughs> to see whether it was short. That's, <laughs> and if uh, it that's was really, getting desperate. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's really desperate. Right. <laughs> uh, I did not go that far because what happened next was, um, you, well, first of all, I reached out to you and, and you gave me a couple of things to think about and, and try. And frankly, nothing worked. It, it was the same, same result. And of course, you're in a bad position because all you've got to go on is what I'm telling you verbally. You can't see me like you see me when you're coaching me uh, over the internet with my pool swimming. So I, I didn't really have a whole lot of expectation. It was more out of desperation. Like, is there anything I can try? Um, but uh, coincidentally, at that same time, you were publishing uh, an eight-week faster freestyle course, and I was so beside myself. And and by the way, to set the context, there was a race coming up. That's our USA Triathlon Age Group National Championships. And two seasons ago, I had surprised myself by qualifying, um, and I went. I had a terrible race, like embarrassingly bad race, and I was I was dead set on getting there this year and at least proving that I belonged, <laughs> um, if not having a really good race. So I'm, I'm rapidly approaching this race day that where I want to redeem myself for a very poor performance two seasons ago. I've put in an abundant amount of work across all three disciplines and my swim is falling apart. It's going backwards. <laughs> um, so nothing seems to be working. And then just purely coincidentally, you publish the eight week faster freestyle program. And I just decided on the fly, I'm going to pretend not actually, I'm not going to pretend I don't swim well in open water. <laughs> uh, I'm going to, I'm going to treat it as if it's a different sport and I'm going to wind the clock back to three years ago when I first got started with you and say, I'm, I'm, I'm a terrible swimmer. I can swim, but I can't swim well just apply that to open water. So I took your course week one, two, three, four. I had about four or five weeks in between race two and that in the age group national championships. And I just said, instead of going to the pool two times, three, four, five times a week, whatever, whatever I could do, I was going to take advantage of every decent weather day and go open water swimming. And I was going to do every one of those workouts that are prescribed in that program in open water. And where there were prescribed distances, I would either use buoys that marked a swim area and, and just choose like one buoy, two buoys, three buoys, depending on length, or I would even count strokes if I didn't have buoys to, to go with. Um, but I essentially did those structured workouts in open water. And I think in hindsight, it was the first one that probably really turned the light bulb on. Um, it was apparent by the time I was through that first uh, block, relaxation and breathing, that there was something about the, the context of the open water that was very different than the pool. Pool is very controlled, pool is very calm. The visual cues are all the same. They're burned into my memory from going back and forth, lap after lap after lap. Um, you know just when to turn your head back um, you, you use, oh, I use, uh, lane dividers to 
make sure that I've got one goggle in the water and one goggle out. There's all these cues that you get in, in the pool that you don't have in open water. And what I believe was happening to me was uh, just sort of starting over, redeveloping all those cues, redeveloping comfort in the water, redeveloping relaxation. Um, I, I started with terrible breathing patterns. I was getting short. I was um, getting gassed doing whatever, 1K, a half a K. Uh, in open water and, you know, in the, in the pool, a half a K or a K, even at an aggressive pace is nothing to even like, get me, uh, my heart rate up. So uh, clearly going through even just week one made this huge difference because it, it allowed me to be bad again and be okay with being bad again and sort of start over and rediscover uh, how to get comfortable in, in open water versus the pool. And I could feel from week one and going into weeks two and three, I could just feel how much more calm, um, how much more comfortable I was in open water, how much less the, the chaos of open water would disturb me. Uh, prior to this, when I was just frustrated as all heck, it, you know, that every, everything that was like sort of slightly different from one day to the next in open water would, would bother me and it would disrupt me if there was a little bit more chop than the previous day, if, um, if the water wasn't as clear because of turbulence uh, kicking up the sand on the, on the bottom. Um, it, it, was, uh, it, it was just chaotic and uh, frustrating and was really debilitating to my ability to relax and just focus on the stroke. So I start to see a little bit of progress, you know, some days way better than others. It wasn't like I snapped my fingers and all of a sudden was hitting my pool times again, not, not even close to that, but slowly, but surely I could feel myself calming down. I could feel myself rediscovering each of the steps that you've walked me through over the last three years, uh, I, I could feel myself redeveloping those skills, but specifically to open water, developing new cues, developing um, a new sense of, of comfort um, in the pool, and really feeling my body again in the water. I think, again, looking backwards, I think, well, I was, I was in the water and I was moving my arms, but I had no sense of my body in the water. Whereas in the pool, I can I'm so hyper-focused on, on what the water feels like on my right thumb or, or going over my knee as I swim. You, you, know, you, you get that laser focused on certain feelings in the pool because the, you're so used to the stimulus around you. But in open water, it felt like somebody was just sort of um, blaring something in my ear or shaking me <laughs> like a, like a rag doll. And, and when the environment is that chaotic, um, you lose the ability to focus. And that, so anyway, I made it through week four um, of the eight week faster freestyle program. Uh, I showed up for age group national championships and I had a fantastic race. It was still slower than the pool but it was way faster than my previous two races. Um, I got out of the water 2748, which is about a 150 pace. So I guess compared to the pool, I'm still mm, almost 10 seconds 
somewhere between like eight to 10 seconds off of what I think a decent race pace would be if I was in the pool. But I was thrilled. <laughs> that, that was almost six and a half minutes better than a 1500 meter swim a few weeks prior. Um, by any by any measure, that's a, a fantastic improvement in that short of period of time. And then I had another five weeks to go before I did my first half Ironman. So up to this point, it had all been Olympic distance and uh, true to form decided like, I'm going to be crazy and move up to the next distance. And I, so I signed up, I had signed up for a half Ironman and um, I wasn't expecting anything miraculous. I hadn't, like I continued to focus on the mechanics and the basics in open water. But um, when I got to uh, the half Ironman, um, I didn't set my expectation any different than I'm going to do what I did at the age group race plus maybe seven minutes. I just, you know, I figured I would be roughly the same pace as age group national championships. Um, and race starts, um, it was a four at a time start every couple of seconds. So I dive in and I go out kind of aggressively. Um, it was in a protected bay in, in Lake Michigan. So there was, and the, there was no wind that day. So it was like, other than the washing machine effect of swimmers in front of you, behind you and to the side of you, it was perfectly smooth water. Um, so that had definitely had that going for me. Um, I started fast. Um, my goal was to start fast and then cut back just a little bit and then just kind of cruise the rest of the way. Um, I just kept going fast though. I felt great. <laughs> I was, I was cruising along. The buoys were like flying past me. Um, I had started in a, a self-seated spot of about 35 to 37, I think, thinking that I would be right around there for my finish time. And, um, I, I was, um, passing people like they were treading water. Um, and I knew I was going fast. I didn't feel like it was even work. I was splitting people down the middle. It was a blast. I was just on, it was like, I was on top of the water, just gliding. And I got out of the water in 33, 34. Um, that 1900 meters was faster than the, than the worst 1500 meter race, just like a month and a half prior to that. Not, not a faster pace, a faster total time. I had done 34 something at 1500 meters. And that's when I got abundantly frustrated and, and reached out for help. And then to go from that to a, a, a absolute better time of 33:34 at 1900 meters, I, I just got out of the water like I had hit the lottery. Um, and it, it's such a great feeling to get out of the water uh, with a good swim time, but it's, it's even that much better when you've been struggling with open water swimming essentially all season long. Um, and you haven't had a real quote, good, um, or great open water swim for, for a long time. So I got out of the water and I had a great bike leg and running was the running was probably the, the, the weakest leg of the race, but I'll tell you that 33, 34, I kept saying to myself as my legs got more and more tired on the run, please don't waste a good swim. Please don't waste a good swim. <laughs> <laughs> and, 
And it kept me going for quite a while. I eventually faded a little bit on the run, but I ended up doing well in my age group. And, you know, it was a great first half Ironman and, uh, and age group wise or relative to my peers in the age group, I came out of the water eighth out of 123. And if you had, hmm. if you had asked me if that was possible three years ago, I would have just laughed out loud. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, that's right. uh, I can, I can swim in a forward motion, but I, you know, I, I was three years ago, I would have said, if I can get out of the water mid pack, I'd be totally happy. Um, so I don't know, maybe, maybe nobody fast showed up that day and I, and my relative placing was, <laughs> was a fluke, but, uh, to finish that high, uh, relative to age group, um, was, was just icing on the cake. It, it felt like a great swim. It was, you know, it was obviously a, a relief based on my, my summer performances. Um, but it, it really did. It was like a shot of adrenaline, um, <laughs> for the rest of the race and, uh, ended up, um, ended up with a great, uh, half Ironman result to show for it. Really, really happy with it. So that's kind of the story. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. I, and I think that feeling of when you're passing people and the buoys are you're going past them fairly quickly. And like, you feel like you're just, you know, you you're on top of the water, you're swimming fast and nothing can stop you. Like that is, that's one of the best feelings that you can get when you're you're swimming. So no wonder you felt like you'd been shot with adrenaline coming out of the water that race. Well, and, and when I first started triathlon uh, three years ago, one of the first problems I had was the very common problem. I understand of people, uh, going too fast, breathing too short, end up, you end up hyperventilating in the water, right? I I've had that problem multiple times, whether in a, just an open water training swim or in a race. And so my reaction to that has always been start really slow, like start almost like you're doing a catch-up drill in the pool, go really slow. Don't, don't let the turnover get the better of you. Don't let the adrenaline of the race get the better of you. You don't want to go out gassed. And, and if I look back on that now, I think that was probably less of a problem of going out too fast. It was more of a problem of not being relaxed in the water. Mm. And so, so really solving that this time, well, I'll prove, I'll prove I solved it next season, but if I've solved that problem, then I'll, I'll end up having much better swim times that are much closer to pool times. If I can, if I can maintain the relaxation, then I can, I can keep a, a, a fairly aggressive for me anyway, um, stroke rate and not get gassed because I'm, I'm controlling the, the breathing and the relaxation in the water. Mm, that's what it, it, comes down to isn't it like if you've done the training you've done the work and you have that fitness there then you can definitely go out a little bit quicker at the start and then either you know, back it off a little bit as you're going through the middle of the race but you know, not much but you can go out with speed and for me when i'm racing and i have a really good race it's i'm going out quick but the heart rate's kept under control and i'm always mindful of am i spiking it too much have i still got mm-hmm. this under control and can i sustain this effort and when you find that that zone where you are going fast. And I think it's that easy speed that a lot of swim coaches talk about yeah. where you're going fast, but it feels pretty easy. That's what you're going for at the start of a race. And it sounds like you hit that. I, yeah, I think I did. I, I, I checked my, uh, my Garmin, uh, data afterwards, of course. And I, I was holding a pretty high heart rate, which surprised me because it didn't feel like work at all. It, it took maybe, uh, 400 meters 
for the heart rate to elevate. And then, but then I held it from there for the rest of the race. And um, I wouldn't have designed it that way. <laughs> I wouldn't have said, go out at this heart rate, but the, the ease with which I was swimming, I, it literally felt like maybe a slightly hard workout, but not, it didn't feel like a all out race. Um, and uh, yeah, it was, it was phenomenal. And uh, it, it's the kind of race you just want to bottle up and keep in your memory for a long time and keep <laughs> yeah. referring to it as, as the right way to do a race. Uh, hopefully I can, I can break that one out next time I head out to the course. And looking back at a couple of months ago, when you were frustrated with the times you were getting open water to where you were recently with a really good swim, what, what lessons have you taken from that? Well, one open water swimming is different. You got to treat it as different. You've got to practice it a lot. Um, it's not, I think that the approach I took in prior years was just do it a few times to get used to it, uh, to, to make sure that you don't, you're, you're used to constant swimming and without the breaks at each wall. Um, I will completely turn that on its ear each season from here on out. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to essentially move my training to open water as much as possible in the summer months leading up to races. And, and instead of just, you know, going out and swimming a solid 2k, go do intervals in the, in the water, go swim buoy to buoy or whatever, count strokes, do something, but, you know, do your workout in open water and really get used to it and get comfortable with it. Make it feel as comfortable as the pool and, and test yourself in all the conditions because you never know what race day brings. Um, uh, so for sure, that's, that's lesson number one. Um, and a quick note from our sponsor. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Form Swim Goggles. With these goggles, you don't have to look at the pace clock anymore or be one of those swimmers in the pool always grabbing for their watch. With Form Smart Swim Goggles, you can see all of your key metrics while you're swimming. Distance, pace, stroke rate, they've got it all. And the swim data is displayed on the goggle lens and you can customize the display to see the metrics that you want to. And I was worried that it was going to be distracting, but you can literally see through the display, the metrics are always there, but you have to choose to focus on them. It's really impressive. And it makes hitting intervals or any kind of specific training much more manageable and achievable. And the goggles track it all. It's automated. So from the time you start your session to the end of the swim, you don't have to press any buttons in between. It automatically tracks everything. Form also works with a bunch of the best pro athletes out there, including Lionel Sanders, Sarah Crowley, Hannah Wells, and Olympic champion Usama Maluli, to name a few. These form goggles are for all types of swimming too. One pair of goggles, and you can use them in the pool, the open water, you can use them in swim spas and endless pools too. So the same pair of goggles can be used in all of these different environments. The battery life is incredible too. One hour charge is 16 hours of swimming time battery life. And you can have the display on either your right or your left eye. The goggles themselves come with anti-fog solution that's used in dive masks, so it's great in terms of quality, and there's a protective case with a nifty drainage solution, so after you swim, you can store them safely. And while the goggles connect to the Form Swim app on your smartphone too, they will sync with the Form app, and there you can review all of the details of your swim, and you can see what other swimmers are up to in the Form Swim community as well. I'm a big fan of these goggles. I was really impressed when I used them, and I use them for a vast majority of the sessions that I'm currently doing. To find out more about the Form Swim goggles, go to formswim.com and you can use our coupon code 
effortless at checkout and save $15 off your order. Back to the podcast. Lesson number two is never be too um, um, arrogant to um, refuse to go back to basics. <laughs> mm. or, or maybe said, said, said more positively, always be humble enough to go back to basics. <laughs> um, I, I thought there for a minute prior to the frustration, you know, I'm not a bad swimmer. I can, I can do, I'm age, I'm 57 years old. I can do uh, all out one, 130 in the pool, easy. I mean, not easy. It's hard work, but I, I'm, you know, it's not a, it's not a terrible time in the pool. I'm feeling like a real swimmer. Real swimmers don't have to go back to lesson one and do relaxation and breathing, right? <laughs> um, so, yeah, a little, a little humility goes a long way. So maybe, maybe those couple of terrible race results were just the the humility um, injection that I needed to get me to um, get back to the the beginning. Mm. that's that's what stood out to me was just being willing to go back to basics and i think of tennis players uh as, as an example of that it's like when you're playing tennis it's just, it's just it's a couple of shots but they have those fundamental shots just drilled down and drilled down and yeah. with really solid fundamentals then you can work on the more intricate parts of tennis or swimming whatever it might be and uh, but without those those basics uh in place then you're not going to be able to build upon them. And the thing with breathing and relaxation, that first week that, that we've got there, it's, I think it's people look at that and go, I can breathe, you know, I, I feel relaxed <laughs> in the water. Um, so a lot of times they'll just either skip it or they'll just, yeah, they'll browse over and go, okay, cool. Got that. And they won't actually go through it. But even for me, like I've had, when we, you know, when the pools are open a little while ago, there's been times where I've focused on my, on my breathing and had a really good training session and just gone, wow, like I was a couple seconds quicker per hundred. It felt great. And I was, that was a really good training session. And, um, you know, I've swum for like nearly 30 years now and it's just that stuff, it really can make a difference, but it's hard to sometimes bring yourself back to those really basic things, especially like just, you know, breathing relaxation. It's just so simple. Right. Right. I think the other thing I'll take away from it is, uh, I, I need to learn to like open water swimming. Uh, it, it's been more of a chore, um, and not, not necessarily a pleasant one. And some of that is the, the frustrating performance, but mm. I feel more in command, um, when I'm in, in the pool, I, I, it, it's a more comfortable environment. It, it's obviously a safer environment. Um, but I, I feel like I have more control over the workout and the pace and pretty much everything. And you get into open water and, it's, it's a little bit cold or it's a little bit choppy or it's a little bit windy or whatever. And, and there are just a few things that sort of knock you off that comfortable pedestal. And I have to keep going out and doing it. I have to make myself do it. Um, every, every reasonable weather day, I should be out there in the summer and, and maybe I should even stop being such a wimp and go out in some slightly colder water temperatures. Uh, really early in the season so that I'm not showing up on race one with two swims under my belt. Um, but I really, I think I would benefit a lot from uh, just a lot more work in open water. That's where I race. So I should do more work there. Uh, yeah. And that, uh, yeah. I think, yeah, that can certainly help. I think, I, I think back to my, my first open water swim was when I was 
about 13 or 14 years old as a teenager, having only some in the pool. And I never learned to sight. I never learned about like going around buoys or anything like nothing. It was just like, oh, there's a, there's a team triathlon down at Blue Rock Dam and uh, we, we've chosen you to be the swimmer. I was like, okay, cool. I'm a good swimmer. You know, I'm going to go out there and smash it. And um, I remember a guy that I used to train with and race with way faster than me in the pool. He, uh, he actually beat me and he was like in this team that was formed to be like, you know, to, to win the event. Um, mm-hmm. He was in the team that was planned to come second, but he beat me and I was really filthy about it. So, um, and I was like, oh, I don't like open water swimming. And then yeah, uh, right. I started yeah, co- coaching adults. And then we started to do these open water swims when I was maybe 19 or 20. And I was like, oh, okay, this is actually pretty fun. But it took me a couple of years to actually yeah. learn how to do it properly. I can so see, I pool. can see that. I, I'm not close to liking it yet. Uh, I'm, I'm getting close to being able to tolerate it and know how important it is to practice it and results are really helpful there, but I really need to spend this next season, um, getting to like it and feeling in command of it. Um, and then I think really, really good things happen. I, obviously I've got a long fall and winter to, to work out in the pool. Um, and so I'll, I'll keep working really hard there, try to take a few more seconds off of the hundred meter pace. And, um, when, when the water gets to, uh, human temperature, uh, in probably June, I'll be back out there with a wetsuit on trying to learn to like it again. And they've got, um, they've got like thermal wetsuits as well. You can get, and you've probably seen like the little hoods or the, the thermal caps <laughs> yeah. you can get to. I so, would need um, one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, especially where you are. I imagine it's really cold at that time. Well, of year. Yeah. So I, I figured I would probably have to do a Celsius conversion here for you, but I think, I think it's a, it takes until maybe mid June to get above 15 Celsius. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, you're, you're being soft then you're, Oh, I'm very, I grew up in Florida. I'm used to bath water temperatures, so I can't, I can't take the cold. <laughs> I, I would need all of the, I need head to toe neoprene to keep myself uh, in the water when it's that cold. Yeah. <laughs> but one of the, <laughs> um, one of the things that I've started to do probably more when I'm um, surfing than anything, cause I haven't done a whole lot of open water swimming recently, but, um, I, I do the same thing when I'm swimming open water and the conditions are like really windy and choppy and it's like, it's hideous. And you, yeah, you can, you can take it one of two ways. It can be either like, like this, this sucks. Like what am I doing out here? Or you can take the approach of like, isn't this wild? This is just like, I can't yeah. believe I'm out here in these conditions. And there, I was out surfing the other day and the, like, it was, it was piercing down rain. It was really strong cross shore winds. It was so much bump. There was like me and one other guy out there. I could hardly see the shore and it was just like, it was all over the shop. And, uh, I was like, I was going to go in. I was like, nah, you know what? I'll just stay out here and enjoy being out in the, in the ocean in such wild weather. And, um, it was like, I found it pretty fun when I sort of had that attitude. So this is more for myself yeah. than anything too, but it's just like, yeah, when it, when it's not uh, desirable, you can, um, sort of have that it's like a Steve Aaron approach, right? Like everything's yeah. just like, isn't this awesome? Yeah. 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 Well, I find one of one strategy I really need to pull the trigger on to and, and employ is <clears throat> taking my watch off. Um, especially when the conditions are bad, you know, you're going to have terrible mm. looking time compared to everything else. And, and you're out there to practice, you're out there to work on 
on on form amidst the chaos of the of the water conditions. So just leave the watch behind. I can't bring myself to do that, <laughs> um, but but maybe next time around when the conditions are really bad and I'm forcing myself to go out, I'll I'll give that a shot because um, the 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 mental um, the sort of mental drain of of constantly thinking to yourself, oh my God, this time I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up at at halfway through before I turn around and the time's going to suck. Um, that's a huge mental drain. And it, mm. it's yet another thing that is keeping you from focusing on mechanics. So I feel like if I could just, if I could just get over that hurdle of not, not measuring one of my workouts, uh, it would be really good for me uh, in open water swimming. I, I could just, you know, make up the time and the distance to put in my logbook. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, oh, that, that's right. I, um, I, yeah, I will rarely ever, if I do ever take my watch out when I'm swimming open water, I won't look at the pace at all when I'm swimming. Cause I know it's going to be probably 10, 15 seconds slower. And sometimes mm -hmm. if I'm with the group, we'll stop and that sort of thing. So I just, yeah. I do not worry about time out there. Yeah. Um, and maybe you could go like that in between step where it's like, take your watch out, see what time you leave at, like say it's seven 30 in the morning. And um, just see what time you get back at, and you could jump on Google Maps and, and measure where you're well, or or there. I could I could I use one of those uh, those orange inflatable buoys attached to my waist um, flotation devices when I'm in open water. I could just put it inside that so that I'm not tempted to look at it or start and stop it. So at least I get the measurement done, but I I'm not at least mid race I'm not worried about what the times look like, and I'm not I'm not going to be frustrated halfway through. I, I need some mental strategies to get me past my hangups about um, uh, anal retentive measurement of, yeah. of all workouts. <laughs> like uh, need like a 12 step program, I think. To yeah, overcome exactly. This sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was thinking about yeah. giving up, like what if I gave up coffee for even like a week and I'm just like, no, I couldn't do it. I do not nope. have that. Uh, <laughs> no, that's not that on ability. The, nope. That's yeah. not on my list. <laughs> I'd sooner so, give up I'm, my watch than coffee. Yeah, that's right. So I thought, yeah, I'm definitely addicted to it. If, if I can't even do it, give it up for a week. But um, yep. yeah, it sounds a bit like your, um, like your watch. But uh, uh, Prescott, I really appreciate you sharing that on the, on the podcast. I know you're not alone. The funny thing was when you sent that message, uh, like you, the message about the, the poor times in the open water and just trying to figure it out, I had one, uh, probably two other people that same week uh, who were stroke analysis members send similar things. And I'm get, uh, like, they just returned to racing and, been a while out and there's like bad times as well so you weren't alone there so i think this is really good. relevant to probably a lot of people who are who are listening to this and uh it's always good to hear how someone you know had a really good um run improved your times and then you know, drops back down and then it but then it came back up and it's like yeah. kind of like in in the analogy i've heard for investing in like in the market right it's a it's going up a mountain with a yo-yo so it's not always going to be upwards it's going to have ups and downs but the overall you know run is going to be be in an upward right. trajectory and uh right. yeah that's it's what you've uh, you've done which is fantastic so uh, thanks very much for sharing on here and, and and what's your what are you looking at now the next six to 12 months what's that sort of look like for you and what are your goals with you swimming well yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna do the a uh, couple of olympic distances and probably another half ironman next season and i, have, I don't have them picked out yet but um i just want to keep getting better i've i've got a a stretch goal in mind on the olympic distance to take about 10 minutes off my time, which will put me in some rarefied air in my age group, if I can pull that off. 
So I've got a, a plan that I need a few minutes in the swim, couple, maybe a couple minutes in the swim, and most of it I need to get back in the run. But I'm just trying for like just continuous improvement, just keep chip, chipping away um, at at all three disciplines, but mostly the swim and the run. Um, I think that's where I have the most room for improvement. Uh, and and the swimming, I'm having a blast getting better at it. It's uh, it's fantastic. To sort of watch that that trajectory rise uh, and the paces decline. And I I don't think I'm anywhere close to what I can eventually do. Um, so I'm just going to keep um, working on form, working on stroke count, working on uh, some some upper body flexibility. Just, just trying to do all the little things that will keep adding up to improvement and uh, knock on wood uh, this time next year, I'll have some more great stories to tell about good race performances. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, I think you can definitely do it. And I agree. You, you're uh, not, you're not even near your, uh, your limit or your capacity of what you can get in the, in, uh, in your swim time. So uh, yeah, looking forward to working with you and uh, thanks again for being on the podcast. Oh, thank you. It's been fun. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Effortless Swimming Podcast. If you'd like us to help you become a faster, more efficient swimmer, go to www.effortlessswimming.com.